Welcome to Side Talks. It a podcast. It sure is. It a podcast. And this this podcast is a podcast about cinema. Movies. Hosted by... Rachel Morgan. And me, Corey Kraft. I'm doing kind of a Rain Man thing. Like, it's kind of... Am I wrong? It's I, well, kind of it's, kind Yeah, of, it's kind of, kind of like, what if Dustin Hoffman driver. in Rain Man was doing like a game of Mad Libs, except you, you <laughs> filled all the blanks with the word that was supposed to be there. It podcast. It podcast indeed oh man take me to vegas all right i dropped a bunch of toothpicks and uh while rachel counts them up um i guess we'll get this podcast started let's go well rachel it is time for a top 10 list yeah and in the spirit of the season silent night nobody ever needs to hear me sing that you sure? Ever, ever. All right, if you say so. In the spirit of the season, and by the way, we should have started out by saying I'm Rachel Morgan, your Corey Crap, a side talks podcast about movies. Did we even do that? Yeah, I don't we, even did. Know we did. More or uh, less. I have no memory. I'm just Rain Man with no memory. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna. I, I kind of proposed this today. I said let's let's count down our top ten favorite holiday films. And I hastily assembled a list you just did, now. You did. I, I didn't spend a ton of time on this either, but I feel like it just kind of. I, I'm happy with this list. I'm, happy I'm, with I'm this pretty list. happy with mine. I don't know that I'm in love with the order. I think I could. Okay. Spend some time retooling this, but the order is what it is You'll for love. now. It's and going on your tombstone. Yeah, our listeners will just have to um, just enjoy this list with the caveat that these are 10 great Christmas-ish movies that I love, and not necessarily the 10 in ascending order, though we're going to deliver it in ascending order. So, Rachel, yes, kick us off with your 10th yeah. favorite Christmas slash holiday motion picture. Well, I do feel good about my order. Here. Okay. I feel pretty good about it. And but but I'm cheating a little bit. Okay. okay. My number ten's a tie. Oh. I boy. know, I know. My number ten is Silent Night, Deadly Night from uh-huh. nineteen eighty four because okay. it's a really fun film. And again, my list are often composed of not what is a great film, but what is a film that you love to revisit and really, really enjoy, even though enjoy is a funny word for totally. that one. Totally. And then uh, my other is one that you may disagree with. I'm interested to hear what, what you think here. But it is Office Christmas Party. Yeah, I disagree with that. I don't I don't really like that movie okay well um sam's not here for me to call out today but um i'm gonna try to make a note because i would love to argue with you about okay, how right. office christmas party is actually a great film i watched it on your recommendation in fact fairly recently yeah. and wasn't into it okay. i thought that there were moments but no. i think it's really funny anyway um those are that's a tie for my for my number 10 we're counting down to one being the most spectacular right uh, that's right. Okay. So what's yours? Well, my number 10 is probably a movie that should be a little higher on this list. It's a movie that I think you're going to think I'm a baby for putting on my list, but whatever. It's a Christmas movie. It's my list. Uh, so preemptively just deal with it. Okay. Um, this movie is a wonderful adaptation of the Charles Dickens, Dickens classic, A Christmas Carol, except this happens to co-star Kermit the Frog. It is... The Muppet Christmas Carol, starring oh, fine. Uh, Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge and the Muppets as all of the supporting characters in this movie, um, and it rules. I'm it's not going to argue with Muppets. I'm not. I, it doesn't go on my list, but I mean, I would be a total dick to argue with mu- with Muppets, wouldn't I? I know what you're thinking. Uh, I know what you're thinking. Uh, Whatever. Okay. Whatever. All right. We of, don't have to. We don't have to comment on that any further. <laughs> speaking of total dicks. Uh, my number nine is from John Landis. Okay. Oh, and that is, as you I'm sure have guessed by now, Trading Places. Trading Places is really good. It's, it's not on my film. list. It's um, a great fucking film. I loved this film as a kid, too. The problem with Landis, other than the obvious problem with that Landis. That he's a murderer? Right. Uh, but the, the 
artistic non-criminal problem with right. Landis is that all of his movies are just a little too shaggy. Sure. Except with with sure. possible exception of American Werewolf, which is a perfect gem. It's a great that's um, a great film. That's know, a great fucking movie. His comedies are just a little too long in the tooth for me. You're probably right. And and you know that's that's not that's endemic of all of those SNL guy comedies because they were all hopped up on Coke and they were like, well, this is going to be hilarious and expensive and we're just going to spend, uh, you know, these things are going to be 20 minutes too long, which is fine. That's their prerogative. And I, I, I really enjoy a lot of it, but it, that's what holds a lot of these movies back for me. I hear that. I'm not going to argue that point, but, but baby bathwater. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's so much good in this movie. Uh, hilarious Dan Aykroyd. Hilarious uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Just iconic Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. For Ralph sure. Bellamy and um, oh Jesus, who's the other old guy? It's not just Ralph Bellamy. Uh, it's is it's a it e. doc about, Marshall. There's a doc about one of them, I believe. Yeah, I can't or remember. A bio, a biography. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, yeah really good. Um, my number nine is playing at the sidewalk cinema as part of the holiday yeah. uh, spectacular. It's um, Batman Returns. Cool. Tim Burton in classic Tim Burton mode. I'm not surprised at all by that being on your list. Nope. A really great movie that I love a yeah. lot. Well, my number eight is also playing at the Sidewalk Cinema. Oh. And I feel like this is probably on your list and probably further up. Am uh-huh. I wrong? It is from 1999, Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, that's on my list. A little Christmas jaunt. Yep. A uh, movie that, well, it's a masterpiece. It's what a masterwork. Yeah. It's a masterwork. Yeah. It is not a kind film. No. But it is a great film. No. Yeah, yeah. It's terrific. My number eight, I would be surprised if this weren't on your list. Let's hear it. Um, Sean Baker's Tangerine. Ah, uh, it is. It's we've got a ways to go, Corey. Uh, okay. We got a ways I to figured. go. Well, we'll talk more about that a little later. We've talked, I think, a good bit about Baker. I think we've talked a good bit yeah. about this film. This was the Shout opening night film a few years back, and boy, I was happy to have it. It oh. was when I fought for that one. Yeah, when it when it was released, I really fought to have that in the lineup, and I was so damn proud to have it. And then we did screen at the Sidewalk Cinema one Christmas Eve. That's when, right. Uh, with the timing being perfect for it, and uh, I was the only one in the cinema. That was actually the only time I've ever witness somebody try to sneak into a movie so it was my favorite thing it's christmas eve it's tangerine i'm the only one in the entire film along well at the, actually i'm sorry our manager had come in at the time yeah, yeah. aaron penhouse had come in at the time and sat down with me and we both turned our head and it was just like nope dude wrong you know you got two employees <laughs> yeah, in the room we both work here yeah not nice happening try. But happy, but happy Christmas. Yeah. Anyway, uh, not take up too much time with that. What's your? Where are we at? Where's your? Uh, you're number seven. Oh, my no, I'm, it's I'm up, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay, my number seven is Edward Scissorhands, also Tim Burton, 1990. Yeah, a really good movie. A little wintry flick. Didn't quite make my list, but it almost made my list. Yeah. Um, but I really like. I like. It's it. a great. It's a great yeah. film. It's very it's, sweet. I mean, it's one of those two that, you know. Oh my God! Tim Burton's gone down the stony end. You know, yeah. it's he's he's really jumped the shark with me. But this is one of the ones where I say, at one point in time, at least, this is this is just so imaginative, so brilliantly interesting, yeah. so unique and so different. And I mean, it, it you go into this and there's no predicting what you're going to see or what's going to happen. And I, I miss that. I miss that from him. Fortunately, the uh, actor who plays the protagonist of Edward Scissorhands, a great guy, who's never done anything wrong. Yeah, right. Um, He's in some Dior ads right now, though. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Hmm. 
Um, number seven on my list yeah. is John McTiernan's Die Hard. It's yeah. almost kind of a cliche, but it's a great movie, uh, endlessly entertaining action movie that happens to take place at Christmas. And I know that every boring man that you've ever talked to has been like, hey, did you know that Die Hard is actually a Christmas movie? Because it is. <laughs> uh, and I acknowledge that. I'm sorry that I have to be one such boring man to put this on my list, but it's just because Die Hard is really good. Well, Bruce Willis is a boring man. That's true. Let's be real. He didn't always used to be, though. And Die Hard is perhaps his brightest moment when, yeah. of not being boring. Yeah. Um, it's a good film. Yeah. It's not on my list. It's a good film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be absolutely shocked by my number six. Okay. You're going to be shocked. It is a Christmas story. From I my am day shocked. Three by, directed by Bob Clark. Also I think we've talked about Black this. Christmas. I think I was shocked that that made your list. Or th- I was shocked that you liked that movie um, when you told me for the first time that you liked that movie. I but, was so taken by this film as a kid. Yeah. I stumbled across it in the middle of the summer. <laughs> one year when I was a wee thing yeah. uh, on a Showtime or HBO or something like that where they were just, you know, throwing throwing shit at the wall. And I loved it so much. But I also I, I have a, a, a sort of inherited nostalgia for my for my father's childhood, uh-huh. you know, and hearing him talk about it. And this was definitely would have been he would have been a, of a similar age. Um, and anyway, I I don't know. It just felt it, it, it feels so even though I don't I have no. I have no ability to connect with that era. There is something about the film that just just wraps up and delivers nostalgia to your doorstep. Totally. So I really love it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, good film. Not on my list. Yeah. Um, that, that could just be because I, I saw it a million times when I was a kid and just kind of got tired yeah. of it. I, I watch – every time I kind of catch it, I, I rarely go just sit down and watch this thing again uh-huh. at the holiday season. But every time I, I catch a few minutes of it here, a few minutes there, which is really easy to do, I do find myself being like, God, this is really good. Like it, it stood the test of time for me. Yeah. That's good. Anyway, that's just me. Yeah. You know. My number six is uh, the film uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, directed by Henry Selleck. But yeah. Most associated with its sort of visual designer, Tim Burton, of course, also playing at the Sidewalk Cinema this holiday season. Uh, beautiful stop motion animated uh, film about a uh, skeleton man who lives in Halloween Town, but he just wants to bring joy and happiness to everybody, and and like like Santa Claus does, but um, doesn't work out for him. Open the sarcophagus. It's a great film with so many great lines. And yep. I, to this day, use the anytime I have any kind of a level of hangover, I'm like, deadly night shade. <laughs> it has a lot of great moments like that. It's so good. What the hell am I on? Number five? Yep. Number five is also a little bit of a cheat. Okay. A little bit of a cheat because this one was made for television. Oh. And this is Dolly Parton's Smoky Mountain Christmas, bitch. <laughs> and it has everything you want. And what is Christmas without Dolly? Also has played at the Sidewalk Cinema. It has. And probably will play again. This thing is a jewel. It is It is an amazing – just just watch – that. you can probably find this, I think, on YouTube. Uh-huh. Watch the first 10 minutes and tell me I'm wrong. Okay. I mean, I've never seen it. So. Oh, it's, it is something else. Yeah. All right. It's a lot of Dolly. The first 10 minutes, too, is a lot of Dolly talking to herself, which is always like, wait, damn, wait, 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 wait. You know? I mean, there's nothing wrong I'm with that. I'm tired of this bullshit. You know? <laughs> Only she would never. Of course, Dolly wouldn't use the word bullshit. No, but she's I'm not tired of this shenanigans. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, number five is Stanley the Manly's Eyes Wide Shut. 
Yeah. Yeah, masterpiece. Masterwork. Yep. Oh, turns out Stanley Kubrick's a good director. Who knew? Who knew? My number four is also, um, in some ways, a cheat because while it's not a full-on Christmas film, it has a very memorable Christmas uh, scene, and some of the most beautiful visuals in this film are the wintry Christmasness uh-huh. of it all, and that is uh, Douglas Sirk's 1955, All That Heaven Allows. Fuck. I, you know I love that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Not on my list because I don't think of it as a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, I don't blame you, and I and I'm I, I'm open to cha- being challenged. No, I would never. Film, I think but. it's I think it's a wonderful fit for the holiday season. Yeah. I any excuse to watch all that heaven allows, I will uh, gladly endorse. But just just know, dear listener, that that's not on my list because I just didn't think yeah. about it. Not because I don't like it, because I adore all that heaven allows and Douglas Sirk in general. If you had, if I, if somebody said to me, tomorrow you're going to be colorblind. Tomorrow you're going to wake up colorblind. So enjoy the rest of the day. I would spend the vast majority of the day looking at the world, but I would throw this film on one last time. Yeah. Because the colors in this thing are riveting. They oh, are just so gorgeous. Beautiful to, to bask in the glow of. Yeah. I'm going to teach this in my film class next semester. Cool. It's going to be one of the films we start uh, the semester with. Well, that'll be good because it'll be winter. Yeah. It's a good winter. Um, to me, like just because of the aesthetics, it's a good little wintery For film. For sure. Yeah. Love it, love it, love it. My number four is a film I would be shocked if it weren't on your list. Oh, oh. Possibly in the highest position. We're getting there. We'll see. It's Todd Haynes' Carol. Yeah. Um, yeah, it It's is. about time yeah, it is. to rewatch Carol. Yeah, it is. And um I mean, you know, I'll let you talk about it when you inevitably talk about, about it on it, your yeah. list, but what a beautiful movie this is. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, just the best. What am I? I'm at number, number 3. I'm really bad at counting. My number 3 is 1984's Joe Dante's Gremlins. That's my number 3 as well. Yes, we did it. Gremlins. We did it. We finally aligned. Man, this film is great. I love this damn thing. Yep. It is all I want out of Christmas. Yep. It's all I want out of out of Christmas as a kid. And if anything though, I would just get so frustrated because if somebody had given me that little mogwai as a Christmas gift, I wouldn't have fed the damn thing after midnight. Of course I not. wouldn't Are have let kidding? it get wet. Don't fuck things up for us. We're we're all a bunch of rule followers here at the Side Talks uh, podcast, no. and we're obviously not going to break those Mogwai rules. As a kid, I seriously was like, this dude fucked this up for all of us. Right. I could have a little gizmo Mogwai running around my house, but this <laughs> dude fucked this up. Um, this is really just everything I want in a movie. Right. Are you kidding me? Drunk just gremlins. Little monsters over a bar. running around doing cartoon antics and singing along with Snow White as they wear like beanie caps with propellers on them and 3D glasses and just shove popcorn into their mouths. And Make just, Phoebe Cates just serve them alcohol non-fucking-stop. You got a flasher gremlin who just has a <laughs> trench coat that he just opens to expose himself, which is just, you know, it's a lizard body. It doesn't mean anything. These guys, I, I just love Joe Dante. I love his sense of humor. I love that this is essentially a live-action Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm. And the sequel, of course, which is not a Christmas movie, but Bonkers. is also a masterpiece. Just up to mischief. Just non-stop mischief. kicks it up to 11. I love gremlins. I you know just the best iconic iconic uh, yeah. this film comes out and it's it there's no way that for for until the end of time that these little suckers aren't around and 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 bring joy to the world I hope so 
Uh, what's your number two? Uh, yeah, we align there. My number two, as you mentioned, is um, Tangerine. Sorry to tar- sorry to bring another title up. I don't need to talk about it too long, but it is it is um, it's New Year's Eve, and you've got a, a couple of sex workers, and uh, you know one of which is got a surprise about her boyfriend. She, uh-huh. uh, she just got out of jail, and you know what you gonna do? You got to go drag that dirty bitch who's cheating <laughs> and drag her by the hair onto a bus, city bus in Los Angeles, and. Man, but you know what? It's it's all it's. You said it best when we when you first watched this thing. You said this this film is is um is what did you how did you say it? You said this film is taped to a rocket. Is that what you? Said? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's 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 shot on an iPhone. That's part of the yeah. aesthetic, and like. I don't know how they captured some of these shots that just whoosh past these characters. I don't know if their camera operator was on roller skates or something. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, but this thing is so kinetic. And it really it just is. moves and moves and moves. If you're looking for a film, you know, they talk about this all the time. Like, you got to have a film, a script that, that just that – just that just moves that just pushes 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 and this is that damn film it is nonstop. and then what that's fine and i'll take all that and and that would be enough but it ends up being just such a sweet fucking movie it's compassionate it's deeply deeply moving yes agree and i get to the end of memorable about yeah you kind of go you know like a film that didn't quite make my list bad santa which my Uh mom was so pissed when i drug them to bad santa (laughs) And she's like, "Oh, that's really great, Rachel. That's not the that's not the holiday spirit." And this this starts out like, "What am I watching on?" You know, like the average person's probably not going to really fancy this a Christmas film. But I'm telling you, this Christmas message is just as strong as anything else on my list. Yeah, I, it's a great I it's a great agree. sweet film about um, chosen family and true friendship, and you know, giving somebody a fucking break. Yep, love I love it. it. Love it. I love, love it. it. And uh, Sean Baker got a new film coming out any day now. Red Rocket. Can't, <laughs> Red Rocket. Can't wait. And it will be playing at the Sidewalk Cinema, Whew. just so you know. I'm excited to it's booked, see It's Unless that. something changes, that will be uh, releasing with us on Christmas Day. You, hear, you heard it here first. Excellent. 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 Well, my number two is a classic with good reason. Not the classic that you're thinking of. Yeah. That comes later because I'm a cliche okay. little okay. bitch. Um, but a classic from 1940, director Ernst Lubitsch, and the movie is The Shop Around the Corner. Um, oh, boy. I adore The Shop, oh, around, the the shop corner. around the Corner. Um, I love. You've got mail. Well, that's the bad version. Um, <laughs> but The Shop Around the Corner is just this lovely, not only sort of holiday appropriate, but, but and this is what speaks to me about it, deeply, deeply melancholy. Uh, movie about these two lonely souls who have found each other um, via via mail, but they don't realize, you know, yeah. that they that they know each other in real life. Um, I I just adore it. I I think it's so lovely. Um, and um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart top notch in this thing. Yeah, but not as top notch perhaps as he's going to be in just a moment. Yeah, because again, I'm that. a cliche we little go. bitch. Well, my number one. I think I know what this is. It, it is Todd Haynes' Carol, 2015. Same year as Tangerine, 2015. Great year for film. Great year, great year for, for a Christmas holiday movie. film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is it. You know, this has got a wintry background. There's some great Christmas scenes. There's nothing like looking at Kate Blanchett and the glow of a Christmas tree. It is uh, amazing film. I've talked about it way, way, way too much. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a great holiday road trip. Um, for a significant portion of his thing, and I fucking love it. It's just an amazing, amazing film, and it to me, it's uh, it's the equivalent. Of, it's like cinematic drugs. 
this thing puts me into a whirlwind, into yeah. a, into a haze, into a mindset that to, takes me to another place, and it, I truly feel like I'm I'm sort of like film drunk yep. when I watch it. Yep. So again, not don't worry, I'm not talking about it for the hour that I could and that I probably have in the past, but if you haven't seen this film, this is a great season to watch it. If you have seen it, it's a great season to rewatch. I'll it. be rewatching it imminently because it's perfect. I just love Todd perfect Haynes film. and I, I do think this might be Todd Haynes' best movie. Yeah. I mean, I love Far From beat. Heaven. It's hard to beat this. It's it really, really hard is. to beat Carol. I, uh, but needless to say, I think his best work comes when he dabbles in the melodrama. Agreed. Uh, so, I mean, Agreed. just and dabbles a with movie. some great actors. Oh, I know. Oh, God. Kate and Rooney, who are both coincidentally co starring in Nightmare Alley from Guillermo del Toro, which yeah. comes out in a couple of weeks as of this recording. I am psyched yeah. for that. Oh, last thing I'll say, okay. just really quickly. It doesn't make a list because it's not a film, but I am always. Um, I'm always taken by the Rankin and Bass specials, um, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, so on and so forth. And um, I just love that little stop motion work that they do. And those are childhood favorites. And I love to watch those every year. For sure. Yeah. For anyway, sure. let's go to your number one. It's a Wonderful Life from yeah. 1946. I mean, it is, it. it is the iconic holiday film. And I think it just holds up beautifully. Yeah. I, I really do. I, I mean... My my one and two both star Jimmy Stewart here, who is just, you know, that that sort of great American everyman actor around World War Two and after the war. And there there's nothing like the the sort of well, I mean, It's a Wonderful Life is like the shop around the corner, a darker movie than perhaps you remember. But the darkness and the melancholy that pervades these movies are what eventually make the 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 catharsis and the uplift at the end of the film all the more potent. Yeah, and it's a wonderful life is not you know as sappy I think as many people remember it. Um, there's a lot left unresolved at the end of the play. The only thing that we, or the in the film, the only thing that we've really gotten to is that George Bailey doesn't want to kill himself, yeah. and that's about as far as uh, as it goes. But um, you know, I, there's just something wonderfully affirming and and beautiful about this movie. This is not a movie that I even saw as a kid. I didn't see It's a Wonderful yeah. Life you for the that, first huh? time until I was, you know, an adult in my 20s. And it, and it spoke to me really wonderfully then, and it still speaks to me now. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the iconic holiday movie, I think, for a reason. Yeah, I hear that. It's not on my list, but I hear that. Yeah, yeah. Do you just not do you not like it, or is it just one of the? Yeah, I'm just not into that. And it does fall in that category, like you've talked about, where it's like it's always present. It's I've seen it so many times, or seen parts of it so many times. And of course, it's you know, for me, it's a little. It's I hear what you're saying, but it's still a little too saccharine for me. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to argue that too vociferously. Sure. I, but it just it just works for me. Call me a sap. Yeah. I mean, I'm it's a sap. It's on plenty of lists too. It doesn't need any love from me. No, you're you're right. And and I I did kind of think about that, but but really, it just seems the indisputable choice for Corey going to Corey. Yeah, I, I have to. Um, at least I didn't put a Terrence Malick movie at the top. That's true. A tenuously related Terrence Malick That's true. movie. Because who doesn't want Badlands at the top of their Christmas list? I mean, if Badlands took place at Christmas time, <laughs> you it, better believe it'd be on this list. It'd be on the list. But not even a tenuous connection. But but like you said, I like 
those 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 television holiday specials too. The the Rankin Bass stuff, Charlie Brown Christmas. You know oh, the, the classics. They're sweet. Um, and um, you know the holidays don't really feel the same without them. Even though I I have to say I haven't watched many of those in a long long. Time. Oh, they're really fun to revisit. Yeah, but you know there I think we gave everybody a pretty decent little list. If there's you know I'm sure most most folks listening have seen most of those films. But if you stumbled upon anything that you haven't ever seen. Man, this is the good time to do that because I, I think I think both of our lists are really nice. Yeah, I do too. Watch Carol. Yeah, yeah. What that's else all I have say? to say. Yeah, watch Carol. That, yeah, watch that's our Carol. tagline. Hashtag Watch Carol. Roll your mouse over the biscuit maker. Uh, uh, of, uh... <laughs> Man, that's weird. Man, that's weird. Is it? Yeah, that's a. I keep calling it our new segment, but we're getting long in the tooth with it, aren't we? Yeah, that's been around for a minute. It's been around for a minute. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Bob Clark, director of A Christmas Story and Direct, Black Christmas. That's right. And that alone would be weird enough, right? Even though I do think it's a fact that most people know that, yes, the director of A Christmas Story, released in 1983, is also the director of the 1974 very, very dark horror film, Black Christmas. As a matter of fact, so pitch dark that it might make my number 12 or 13 on a top 20 Christmas list, but yeah. it doesn't make my top 10. Um, but he also, that's a, that, that's a, that's probably, again, most people are, are have that knowledge, but it's still weird enough but there's some other weird stuff okay i'll take you a little step further is this going to be a porky's there's that situation certainly he um he directed porky's and then and then didn't even wait a week and directed porky's the next day sure as well because it was the next day right. <laughs> uh and then uh rhinestone of course baby geniuses he had the strangest career as yeah. a director could not pin him down into one genre because no. my man bounced back and forth. He certainly did. And all that would be enough to make it um, put him on the man that's weird list. But I'm going to take it a step further and say he also wrote a bunch of episodes of the Dukes of Hazard. Did not know that. Yes, from the 80s. And then here's the other thing. Uh-huh. So he's a Southerner. Did you know this? I did. Born um, in New Orleans. Okay. In 1939, but grew up in... Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah, I think I did know that, um, which is cool. Yeah. Well, he later moved to Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So he was really making the rounds. But, okay, so I thought that many of his early films are Canadian, right? I think so, yeah. So that's odd for us. Well, stay with me on this journey. uh, Stay with me on this journey. I don't want to jump ahead. He grew up poor, Uh um, majored in philosophy. Like my boy Terry, Terry Malick. But earned a football scholarship. To Hillsdale, Michigan. Huh. Yes. Hillsdale College in Hillsdale, Michigan. Um, and he was the quarterback. No kidding. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't just like a little like bench warmer kind of situation, right? And he turned down a lot of offers to play pro football in order to pursue theater at the University of Miami. Okay. Yeah. So back to the South? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, this is that's my episode of Man That's Weird. Uh, unfortunately, most unfortunately, one other weird but sad thing is that um, he was killed by a drunk driver. Yeah, yeah. That came was across very the, uh, tragic. Came across the interstate and hit him. And um, and I believe his son was in the car, too. And mm-hmm. I, I think didn't live didn't live either. But um, anyway, yeah. So, yeah, the next time you're looking at A Christmas Story, which I'm assuming might be sometime fairly soon because it is the season. Tis the damn season, to quote Taylor Swift. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that was directed by a former Birminghamian quarterback who, you know, turned down scholarships to play professional ball and, you know, grew up poor and was born in New Orleans. Have you ever seen Porky's? 
I have seen Porky's. I've never seen Porky's. It's not good. Yeah. It's not fun. I didn't figure. It's not fun. I thought it would be, oh, let's say retrograde um, in many of its viewpoints and, and positions on no. the whole situation. It's not fun and it's offensive and it's everything you think it might be, you know. I'll probably watch it one day. Yeah. Well, but, you know, we wouldn't have American Pie if it wasn't for Porky's. Oh, what a shame that would be. <laughs> Could you imagine? What would this world be like? Without that shit oh. show. Um, yeah, in this particular case, you know, we've got an apple pie in one film and we know how it's used. In the other one, there's like a hole in the shower kind of thing. Great. Gross. Seems cool. Anyway, man, that was weird. Well, not totally, but yeah, kind of. I was blown away to find out he was he grew up in Birmingham. That was my main thing, but clearly you knew that. So I, yeah, maybe I think other I folks heard did that. Too. Yeah. Yeah, Southerner. Well, that was the podcast, Corey. That was it. That it was sure side talks. Was. I meant to tell you in an earlier episode we talked about Aline. Yeah. Aline. Yep. Um, the the film, the Celine Dion bi- uh, biopic, if you will. And I wanted, I forgot, I left one little thing out. I wanted to mention to okay. you. Okay. And that is that my girlfriend saw this film with me, uh-huh. and as soon as the credits rolled and it got quiet, she goes. <laughs> And it was so loud in the in, in the room. It was amazing. It was the perfect punctuation for the film. Anyway, I just wanted to give her a little shout out for the perhaps the greatest review of that film thus far. Um, but I, you know, I diverge here. Is that what you say? <laughs> sure. Diverge. How do you say it? Uh, d- I um, diverge. I, I, I. Why can I not sh- think of the word? Well, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's just going to be us for ne- next five minutes trying yeah, to just think, trying of to think of a regardless, specific word. Regardless, I digress. I digress. Yeah, that's it. I digress. We did it. We nailed it. Um, everybody. This is your own personal cinematic Drew Barrymore and Sandra Bernhard. Oh, what? Don't you remember back in the day when Drew was like seven years old and on drugs, and Sandra Bernhard got her up on stage at some club and. You know, dance with her and gave her cocaine. No. Yeah. Well, there what? you go. What? your own personal cinematic Drew Barrymore and Sandra Bernhard. Maybe that should have been my, my man. That's weird. Yeah. Maybe next time. Man, y'all. that's weird. Maybe next time. Just Sandra Bernhard. End of <laughs> sentence. Yeah. It was back in the day when Sandra Bernhard was going to clubs making out with Madonna. You know. <laughs> anyway, they uh, leave Drew alone. Turns out. Uh, Drew seems to be all right. She, yeah, she's she, she figured she, it out. Okay, I don't she think figured she's it too out. Mad either. She's got that talk show. She's doing well. Maybe when you go to rehab at fourteen, it sticks. Anyway, thanks to Revelator Coffee, we really appreciate your sponsorship. Um, truly, truly appreciate your sponsorship and letting us say stuff like I just said. And thanks to Beltwell Studios for making us sound good. Yeah, and thanks, doing Brad. all the hard work that they do. Um, sidewalkfest.com or at sidewalk film on social media where you can see showtimes and ticket sales for the sidewalk cinema. We've talked about a lot of movies that are playing at that sidewalk cinema, including red rocket coming soon, Christmas day, uh, tickets will be on sale eventually. So keep an eye out at sidewalkfest.com to get them ticks. You're going to want to, is that, is that your review of this podcast? Okay. All right. Well, bye, everybody. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.